Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about heroes, bears, and dare I say, questionable aerophysics. But that's what we have CGI for. We can do anything. I'm Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Well, Beth, I don't want to brag, but like I did get an 80% on my last physics exam. So if we want to break down why the arrows thing is crazy, I can absolutely do that to about an 80%. (laughs) (laughs) I've got an I've got a I've got a B grade accuracy. Exactly. But you know what? B's B's a good grade. Hey, B's get degrees. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) It's the best grade I've ever gotten on a physics exam. Physics and I, I get it conceptually. Like, I understand leverage and torque and everything. But if you make me do the math of it, my whole brain just melts out my ears, which feels anti-feminist of me, but I'm just bad at physics. I just am. (laughs) I don't know. Well, we're not here to talk about physics, so we don't have to worry about the uh, feminist or anti-feminist logistics of physics we are talking physics we are talking about season five episode six of once upon a time the bear and the bow the bear and the bull this is a (laughs) that sounded a little more russian i think i'm just doing my best maybe anastasia maybe they're bringing in anastasia she is a disney princess now dude that would be i that would be amazing I, that would be so weird. It would be so weird, but it would be like, I I wish there was more, like, I feel like we didn't touch on this later when we get into, like, the land of untold stories and stuff. Like, fictional characters that are also real and just have, like, a weird cognitive dissonance about just, like, oh, like, as a person, not great. Like, the Three Musketeers. Be like, what were the real Musketeers like versus the story of the Three Musketeers? Just, like, which one are you? Yeah, but like, see, if we if we open that can of worms with Disney, uh, there's a certain film called Pocahontas, and that's where we get into some bad areas. So I'm guessing they just didn't want to deal with it <laughs> at all. Meanwhile, we've got the Once Upon a Time Little Mermaid sobbing, scream crying on the beach as she turns into sea foam because Eric loves her no more. Oh yeah, it just gets real dark. That whole like the whole last season is just like heart crush, like just awful. But that's not what we're doing. We're talking about... I also like, by the way, your three things. Heroes and bears. Why don't you think bears can be heroes, Beth? Oh, no. How dare you? I'm sorry. I mean, th- this bear was a hero because the bear was Merida. Is Berida. Berida! <laughs> uh, I did like this bear. I like that the bear was so big because even in the story of... Like, even in the movie Brave, she was big. Like, the mom 
turned into a big bear, but not like an abnormally big bear. <laughs> like just like regular big bear. Yeah, this no, was, this, monster was this was monstrosity big bear. Uh, so this is really the Meredith heavy episode. We're not getting the backstory that does come a little bit later uh, when we get the return of Mulan and Ruby. We got that to look forward to. Yay! Woo, sisters! Uh, but no, we are seeing the conclusion to Merida's conflict, which is to rescue her brothers and solidify herself as queen. And then we also have some Rumple stuff because we have to care about Rumple, guys. Yay! We care about Rumple. And... I will say Amy Manson is fantastic and I love her and putting her in the spotlight while the story wasn't necessarily great. She made it great and her performance is very nuanced and intense and she's the only actor right now in the show who can pull off the realistic feeling of having your heart ripped out or restored to you. Dude, yeah. The sweat, like, pools on her face. Yeah. No, I feel like she walked in and they were like, yeah, just kind of, like, wince a little. And she's like, if someone ripped out my heart, this is how I would act. And it was amazing. And also, like, whoever was in charge of her wig this episode understood the assignment because it was a lot mussier. Like, it didn't have the curly girl. Like, it didn't have the perfect spirals. It had a little bit more of a chaotic energy to it. And I loved it. Unfortunately, I think... Belle got the short end of the stick in the wig department this oh, episode. Boy. I She didn't look like herself in a couple of the shots. Is that weird to say? Like, I, there no. were just a couple moments where I'm like, is this, like, what's happening? I agree. Okay. And I couldn't explain it. And it was weird. Yeah, okay. I didn't understand. I think it's because she's wearing a wig now. Because I know around this time is when she cut her hair and, and dyed it a different color. I believe she went blonde. Mm. Um, so I think a big part of it is the wig changes changes how you look. Wig changes and- you a little bit. Wasn't she, maybe I'm misremembering, but wasn't she pregnant for one of the seasons? She we was. this? She was. I I think maybe it might be now. Like, she might be early stages because she was wearing the dress that kind of, oh, like, kept things. And then in the past, she was wearing a wizard's cloak. Yeah. And also, like, when she's, like, storming off from Rumble, she's wearing, like, an obnoxiously large red coat. I love the red coat, but it's doesn't seem to fit Belle's vibe. So maybe. We're just talking out of her ass. Who knows? But, uh, yeah. but maybe. Because if she was pregnant or had been pregnant earlier... You know how it is. Like, after you have your kid, you're just like, I, my hair is being weird. I'm just going to cut it and dye it. I'm just... <sighs> it's no, weird it's... and I don't have time for it. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty... Mine was already picked short and then I made it shorter because I was just so sick of the length I had with the short hair that I had. So, we've Listen, all Listen, you have this beautiful hair during pregnancy because, like, none of your hair falls out and it's shiny and beautiful and then you have the baby and then your body just goes oh yeah I don't care about you anymore and all your hair starts falling out and it looks limp and sad and depressing that's why everyone cuts their hair off they're just like I don't have time and also I miss how it looked when I was pregnant and I'll never get that back see that's the weird thing though because I didn't my hair didn't fall out after I had Henry Oh yeah, but my hair my hair didn't really have that much change, partially because it was sh- so short. I think, but mm. the hair thing didn't really happen to me. Oh, that's good. I didn't get yeah. I didn't get the lustrous hair. 
I got the lustrous hair, but I also, my, <laughs> just, just completely off topic, but um, I also was like wearing like so much more makeup than I usually wore because I was constantly sweating so much. <laughs> and I was like just setting my face being like, maybe I won't sweat as much. Be like, you're glowing. No, that is a deep sheen of just constant sweat. <laughs> I am so uncomfortable and hot constantly. Also, I'm freezing, so I'm wearing a jacket. Anyway. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and head back into, well, we're going to go into Camelot. Uh, we're going to take a side trip to the Enchanted Forest a little bit. And we're also going to go to Dunbrook. Dunbrook. I don't Dunbrook. know. Dunbrook. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Uh, because we're we're first going to start with a, a tried and true staple of any network TV show, a hallway fight scene. It was great. <sighs> We love a hallway fight scene because we are we are fighting our way to the dungeons because we have to get down there. There's some there's some quippy conversations, like uh, what was it? Uh, there was a I don't know, I'm, I'm the the like a riding a bike thing wasn't in this conversation, was it? It was, yeah. It like, was okay. Yeah, because he was just. Our, oh, uh, that's so right. Merlin's with them. He's he's knocking out guards with magic. He's, he's doing like, blinding it's just like spells. Riding a bike. Yeah, yes. he's he's flexing his muscles. He's feeling good, guys. He's been at a tree a tree for so long. He's just got to stretch his little magic stretch. baby wings. Get the get the joints a moving. And so they're fighting down there. And you know, Hook Hook is the first one that asks. He's like, "Wait a minute, how do you know what a bicycle is?" And then like Merlin was just like, "Uh, you don't think I got all of my prophecies from?" Whatever he says does not make any sense. Like, it does not answer Hook's question at all. He's just kind of like, oh, I had a prophecy that I kind of understood how bikes work. Yeah, but but when, you know, with the whole scene with Merlin and Emma later, and yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah. how were you able to, to be there where I was? You were a tree. Clearly, there's setting up some... Yeah, some something's going on with Merlin. Yes, there's things happening. He's at least a little bit more frank with Emma than he is with Hook because he's just like, I don't have time for this. I am I am daredevil fighting my way through this hallway, uh, and then we get down into the dungeons and we free Lancelot and we free Merida because there's a conversation to be like, oh well, these have been changed since I've been down here. Now they're fancy enchanted. We open them. It's fine. Merida explains why she's down there, which is basically she made him mad. And then she just wants to go. She has to go save her brothers. Um, I would like to say I love Merida's whole storyline here because she's like, I they're going to basically kill her brothers because they make they have to just wipe out the whole line. This this turns into a whole like House of Dragons situation very quickly. Um, but they're like, we have to kill the brothers because they're next in line. How do they decide which brother is king? Who was the first one born? Who has the right to the crown based on minutes born? Yeah, because they're triplets, right? Correct. I mean, they didn't have triplets as the actors. Like, the actors were not triplets. They were canonically clearly different heights and ages. Well, at a certain point, that you maybe they're not actually identical twins. They just sort of Mm. look like it. Because eventually, even identical identical twins, once they start growing up and have different hobbies and stuff, you you do change a little bit. You stop Mm -hmm. being carbon copies of each other. Um, Although, maybe this is just me, but, like, watching Brave, I feel like those boys... Unless there was some sort of giant falling out. I feel like they're all interested in the exact same thing. 
constantly. at the exact same time oh yeah and always going towards like they are like we are we are a unit like a fred and george weasley situation because i will give it to uh the the meredith's parents they didn't do the twin triplet thing with assigning them specific colors as their personalities. <laughs> like, you're the green boy, you're the blue boy, and you are the purple boy. These are all your colors. It was like, no, you're all dressed the exact same way, and we'll figure it out as we go. Let's go. We're just, just going to guess and probably get it wrong. Because that's all what the they're, time. when they're all up there, like, yeah, they look different, but they are all still wearing the same thing. They're all dressed the same. Well, that's part. That's partially because the costume department had to make a bunch of kilts, and they literally all look the same, Ugh. just with like three different, three different fabrics. Yeah, that's it. That's not how kilts work. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I was thinking about that. I was just like, wait, how do you pick? Are they just going to be like tri kings? Like they're all king, but like they work as like a a a group, a think tank. They're all the same. I think it's assumed that one is just going to have to murder the others. Uh, I think it's just going to be a free for all battle, and the last one standing gets to gets to rule everything. See, I'm t- that's what I'm saying. It it becomes House of the Dragon very quick. We take Merritt oh, yeah. out of it. Suddenly, it turns into a bloodbath because you find out which brother has the one percent more of uh, the 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 little bit of megalomania that you would need to be a king or in charge. Anyway, that's there what Merritt is are, there doing. There are a couple notes in this scene I wanted to to point yes. out. Uh, one, for a hot second, I thought they weren't going to let Merida out. Same. Like, but I don't think it was intentional in the scene. It was just a weird note. The other one is, and this isn't, this is a, a theme throughout the whole episode. Belle is there to, to motivate the plot forward. And mm-hmm. that's it. Like, they all attack and invade and she's just behind them, not saying a word, just following them. And it's just like her little head is just like bobbing in the background. And she doesn't say a word until Merlin's like, I can't get these bars off. And she's like, here, here's a magic spell that will get the bars off. And then he's like, cool, I'll get the bars off. And that's like the only thing she says in the whole scene until she gets knocked out by Merida. For some reason, it definitely reminded me of like in the Santa Claus when they go to bust him out and they're like, it's tinsel. And they're using the tinsel to break the jail open. (laughs) It's just like, don't worry, I had this with me the whole time because that's all she's doing. She literally like her head just appears like it's so funny that you said that her hair hit her head is just bobbing because definitely when they're at the jail cell, like her head just sort of appears Mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, guys, don't worry. I've got a spell for that. It's fine. And now suddenly she's a potion master. Um, and yeah, a like, master manipulator. Uh, she's she like a freaking alchemist now. Yeah, like they. She's the book person. That's great. Book person does not equal potion maker. That's Regina's job. Yeah, like you can read the recipe book, but you need to know how to work the recipe. Bo- like following a recipe is one thing. Following the recipe in a, a way that will work is a different is a whole different skill set. And so, like, she's a bookworm. She is not an actual. She is not a one-woman apothecary. Apoca. You know, potions. See, you can't say the other thing. I can't say that. (laughs) It's it's gonna be a long podcast, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so everyone's free. Merit is on her way. Um, Let's cover the other people because it's like a much shorter part of it. Like, basically, they decide that they're gonna. They're going to try to... They're going to contact Merlin with the mushroom, the Crimson Crown. Okay, but that's in... 
Oh, no, that's in the modern time. I was going to say, no, no, no. I'm like, we just, we had Merlin with us. I was like, wait a minute. Why did I also think that that happened in the past? Oh, no. The only other thing that happens is Merlin chats with Emma. Right. Okay. So we chat with Emma and she has, I had to laugh about this because she's like, oh, you're the guy from the movie theater. And this is when she's still in her like white starchy cloak situation. So she's not turned. Um, And he's, he's like, oh, good. You remember me. Yes, because children have a very good memory for things that scare the bejesus out of them. <laughs> so a man just appearing while she's trying to just get some free air conditioning and steal an Apollo bar as a child. And then just like a giant man sits down and be like, don't do it, Emma, don't. And then says something completely insane to her. That would be imprinted in my brain until the day I die. Mm-hmm. It'd be the last thing I remembered. It would be like, hey, remember that weird thing that happened? So... He reminds her, don't pull Excalibur. Fast forward, bad news. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. Well, I mean, <laughs> technically, she doesn't. And like any good dark one, she does find a loophole. I didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. Okay, so they do that. So that all happens. And anyway, Merida goes off, tromping off. She she ends up with Belle. Well, she she kidnaps her. Like... Yeah, she's Belle, like, oh, you, Belle you can do magic. thrust into every situation in this episode. So, so, I love the relationship they have because it's such a, like, I brought you, but I'm mad that you're here. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything about you pisses me off. So she's like, no. And then she still, she's like, I'm taking you with me because you know how to do spells because obviously you got me out of there. So now we're going to go to the witch's hut. And at no point are we worried that the witch is going to reappear. It's just a don't worry. She'll be gone long enough. How do you know this? What's going on? Fine. We go to the cauldron. We use the cauldron to pull up some close, uh, some CCTV. And we're looking at the the people that uh, that kidnapped Merida's brothers. And what I love about it is just, it's like this dramatic, like the sun is coming up behind them. You can kind of just see their, uh, like their outline, their silhouettes, and they look vaguely mean. And Belle is just doing the exposition here. She's like, oh, I take it these are the gentlemen you were supposed to marry? And Merida's like, yeah, see why I didn't want to marry them? It's like, I mean, I don't really know much about them. They they did kidnap your brother and they do look vaguely mean, but I guess, sure. And then it's, we see the brothers get their, like, the, the, the potato sacks ripped off their head. And they're all three clearly different people. Why did we not just have the same actor three times? Like That would have, that would have totally worked. It would have been so much easier. Uh, and they're just like, well, she's not coming. We'll just kill him. I, I mean, to be fair, canonically, these guys were kind of dumb. Like, they were bad in the movies. They're bad now. I just feel like it's really funny. Like, they, they, they give themselves several hours long enough for Merida to show up. They're just like, at sundown, we will murder them. I'm like, everybody's there. Why don't you just do it now? Because everybody's there. They're all tied up. Why do you need to wait? Yeah, they don't. I feel like they needed to give them like better explanation for what they were planning to do. Because they didn't need them to actually be alive. They just needed to lure Merida there to then, I guess, kill her too. And then they're all together so they can elect a new king or whatever. But they're like, no, yeah. we'll just keep them alive. And then I guess in the dungeon, I... Who knows? And it's weird because they have the three the three guys from the movie. And they're they're older as well. They are grown-ups. Yeah. And only one of them 
was a talking paid actor. The other ones don't speak, which I thought was very strange. And this was a situation where they made them look much like Frozen. They made them look too close to the movie version. Yeah. And we didn't need to do that. Like, we've aged up the characters. We've aged up the storyline. Merida looks like Merida, but they have made some modifications. I didn't need the guy to have the the the, the pale white afro skunk on his head. And for the other guy to have the worst blue body paint I have ever seen. I guess this is one of those moments where I'm also just kind of like, I mean, I get it, but couldn't it have been a different actor? Like, couldn't it just been different guys? Like, maybe make them look vaguely similar, but like, in the movie, those guys didn't suck. Those guys were just like, victims of their father's own, like, you know what I mean? Like, they were being led around by their fathers, but they were good kids. Like, I feel like they would still have been good kids. So, like, this sucks. Like, you're going to murder these three boys you've probably known your whole life. I I don't know. I get it. But at the same time, again, I don't know, like what you're saying. I don't know if we needed to go for movie accuracy. And I don't know if people were clamoring to see these three guys in live action. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't really I personally did not care. No. I think the the reason that they're they're mad at Merida is is connected to the whole fight with Arthur because and you remember she talks about like, you know, right. she missed and everything. Like I, so yeah. I think it's because of that that's why they're doing what they're doing. But they're they're grown-ups. Have them look like grown-ups, please. Yes. Uh, there should be an evolution. You do you yeah. never look exactly. At least again, why I had a little bit of a problem with Merida's uh, like characterization because it's just like you're just assuming that this person went from age like twelve to thirty two and had no change change in their appearance or style. Um, things have happened to them as they've gone through in which they would have changed. You could have still made them recognizable, but changed them anyway. Merida basically explains. Her father, she, we get to the point where she's like, I need you to make this potion uh, because I need to change our, my need to change our fate or my fate. So I need you to make this potion. And I love Belle's like looking at it. And she's like, what? This potion's going to turn you into a bear girl. Like, I don't, <laughs> are you sure you have the right page? And she's like, yeah, I've seen this spell. It's awesome. It's awesome. I don't know. I would have loved the idea that, Like, I know that later Emma turns her into the bear, so she's a big scary bear. But I would have loved, like, for this to have gone through of, like, Merida taking the potion. And it would have happened like it happened to her mom. Where she was just, like, herself but a bear. A very nice, shiny-coated bear. (laughs) Like, (laughs) "Ah, ah, I'm a bear. What do I do? And instead of, like, the big gruesome monster that, like, years... It took years to cultivate that prince into a monster... Anyway, she's like, Belle, you're not making it. Belle's like, reluctantly, okay. And she's stirring, <laughs> I guess. Got my mortar and pestle. I got my mortar and pestle. I'm going to make the bear potion because I'm a witch. I, I, uh, okay. So anyway, fast forward, they go find the location. And apparently at no point has Merida been like, you need to give me the potion for me to have. Belle's just been carrying it. And they're like behind a rock, stage whispering. There they are. We have to go. Well, no, we can't go now. Well, give me the potion. No, I won't do it. You have to tell me why. 
okay, fine. And she tells this long story about how, like, they were fighting and they were about to win. And Meredith saw someone coming to attack her father. She aimed. She shot. She missed. And her father died. Cool. That is amazing, tragic story. I 100% love this. And I, I like the guilt. The guilt works. I like this story. It's just funny that they're having it loudly behind a rock. <laughs> yeah, it's not the right time or place. Yeah, they walked so far. We couldn't have talked about that then. Yeah, I feel like this was, yeah, this was a situation where, like they were on the boat. Why not tell this story on the boat? And I just, I can't help but chuckle in this whole situation because Belle is a prisoner this whole time. Uh Uh-huh. And and by the end, like, but she's kind of, you know, Stockholm Syndrome. She's used to it. Because by the end, they are like super best buds. And they're like, I hope I get to see you again. We can do this real soon. I loved it. I love the idea. I love the idea that anytime Belle gets kidnapped, she's just like, listen, by the end of this, I'm going to be given the toast at your wedding. (laughs) Everyone loves me. It's like, oh, my God. Um, So she's like, okay, fine. That's an amazing story. Great. Here is the potion. And she hands her a Dasani water bottle. So Merida goes out and runs out. And she's like, I will be here to save my, my brothers. And she shotguns the potion and nothing happens. And they're all staring at her. And Belle runs up and she's like, yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, I switched out your potion for water. Again, we had this entire time. I feel like Merida would have known what it looked like. And I don't think it was a clear potion. Um, but she's like, okay, cool information. Wish you would have talked about it loudly behind the rock with me. <laughs> Instead of now. Because Belle is just like, girl, you cannot you cannot lead these people if they think your only strength is using witchcraft to become a bear. Which I mean, is a fair it's a fair point. It is a very fair point. But again, we couldn't have talked about this behind the rock. Like, this is not the time to be like, hey, you're gonna need to pull like a speech out of your ass right now. But the boys are just like, no. We're going to kill him now in front of you. And they shoot arrows all at the same time. I love the coordination of this. They shoot three arrows at the boys to kill them. And Merida, no! And she takes out her arrow. She shoots it. She knocks the three arrows out of the sky. Uh, so she saved her brother with one uh, with her one arrow shot, something she could not do for her father. So vindication. We love that. And it now, was one arrow that sliced through three arrows without moving its trajectory she, in any way. She would have had to canonically have like comic book Hawkeye strength. Because in the comic books, Hawkeye like is a better superhero than he is in the MCU. He his bow weighs a bajillion pounds, and or like to pull back. So like when he fires them, it has the force of a thousand suns. So like they're crazy sharp arrows. She's not just like Katniss Everdeen with like a stick, like me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, to do that without the bow or without the arrow at any point wavering, changing trajectory, or slowing down. That arrow had to A, weigh so much and also have been fired at a wild speed. Just, that's, I mean, hell yeah, that's some queen shit right there. She's in charge and wins every arm wrestling competition in the universe. But I would be remiss if I didn't point out 
those three men were different heights. Their yeah. arrows wouldn't be right next to each other. So her arrow would have to go like like doing like a little loop-de-loop thing. Oh, yeah. To- Just go up and down and up and down. Because wasn't one of them like really short? Like he was like a yeah. real short, stocky dude? Yeah. No. That would have been extra hilarious. Because there's no way they would have lined up by height. Because like, there would have been a way for her to angle it. But like there's no way. The short guy would have... Short guy syndrome, he would have stood directly in the middle. He'd have been like, oh, we're lining up. I'm shooting the one in the middle. I will not be on the ends. I'm always on the ends for the photos. Will not happen today. I will stand in the middle. Uh, <laughs> so she would have had to have been able to do a V formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which she could do, but they that's not what they decided to do with this one. But they should have, because that, I mean, it still would have made no sense. But she, listen, way. she is she is the she is Angelina Jolie from Wanted. She can bend, wait, can Angelina Jolie's character bend bullets in that movie? I don't remember. I think they were trying to get, oh no, what's his name? The guy that played Xavier. I don't remember his name. Oh no. Doesn't matter. That movie's all about bending bullets, which again, is not a thing you can do. Um, (laughs) But she would have had to have bent an arrow. Anyway, this isn't, but you know what? If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be, queen shit she's gonna be i'm in charge because i can do things that defy the laws of man and i will like i gotta give her props because her line because is incredible a grade quality triple a 10 out of 10 because the, the guy you know she she stops she stops the arrows with her magic arrow and they all the, the guys all pull swords now they could all rush her and she'd be dead in two seconds oh 100 Instead, she pulls out her sword and she says something along the lines of like, you saw what I could do with an arrow. Just imagine what I can do with a sword. And in my mind, I'm like, probably not as good. No, no, no. That is grade A bullshit. Yes, but it was so good. And she said it so well. Listen, I will tell anybody. I tell this to people all the time. It's the only piece of advice I will freely give to people. Speak confidently enough You'll believe it. But at the same time, if you speak confidently and act like you belong in places and are supposed to be doing things, no one questions you. She said Mm -hmm. it without blinking. Her voice was steady. And there's no reason they shouldn't have believed her. And just been like, oh, damn. Like, one of those guys 100% pooped his pants. (laughs) He was like, oh, no. She got to like, and he's wearing a kilt. So he's 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 got to have some clever maneuvers. Exactly, it just hits that. straight to the ground. Um, I but I also want want to think like Bell's logic here was if you defeat them with magic, they will never believe you. But they all witnessed her shotgun a potion and then pull some magic craziness with her bow. Wouldn't yeah, wouldn't someone did- be like, this is witchcraft? <laughs> yeah, that that's a very fair point because they didn't know it was Barada magic. No, no, they didn't know. Yeah, they didn't know it was her her wild form potion. They thought that it was, they were just like, oh, it must have been some sort of accuracy. Like, she's always going to roll nat 20s after she takes this. (laughs) (laughs) She takes it and just randomly turns into an owl bear. What are you doing? (laughs) An owl bear that shoots bows and arrows. Can I, Beth, let's do a D&D campaign. I just want to be an owl bear who inexplicably shoots arrows from her wings. (laughs) An owlbear ranger? We can make that happen. No, I don't you'll, even have a bow. Just just shoots out of my arms. Just <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> Who growl, baby? Pew, pew, pew. 
<laughs> and they only come out if I say pew, pew, pew. Pew. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, so anyway, we've saved the brothers. So yes. now Belle is going to go adrift in a canoe. Yes. And then Merida's not even going to like, like gird up her dress to not get it wet. She's no, just going to but- stand fully in the water. Yeah, but it looked badass. So It did look mind. badass, but again, if you lived in that time, you would have been like, I'm not getting this fucking dress wet. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to have to carry it around. It's going to drag down on my hips because it's so heavy. And then my stupid corset is going to make my hips hurt. Meh, meh, meh. I mean, it felt like it felt like a, a a widow's walk. It felt like watching the watching your love sail away forever, which is hence one of the many reasons why. Yes, the ships were sailing along they with got, the canoes. They got so close. Yeah, they were like the all of the shots. They were like so close to each other mm-hmm. and staring at each other with such. And again, sometimes we can just have friends, and that's fine. This was giving such a heavy vibe. From yeah. Belle to, like, it's not like it was just, like, coming from Merida. It was just, like, what's happening right now? Hmm. Also, like, the kid- kidnapping a woman because you need her help to to solve a crisis. This is Harlequin problematic, <laughs> nonetheless. But this is Harlequin romance territory. Oh, uh, we love an enemies to lover story. Oh, yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I have, and Merida's like, no, I have to stay behind. I have to go rule a kingdom. What am I going to do? Like save to fight my kingdom and then just like F off somewhere else. No, no, no. I have to stay. Which is fair. Queens don't get to leave and go on adventures. Queens have to stay. Unless Mm -hmm. they're doing some sort of regional, you know, tour to wave at her constituents. Hello. And shoot, and occasionally shoot an entire village with fireballs. Exactly. But she never really goes too far afield. Where Regina would go off, she would kind of like just sort of stay in the the suburbs of her kingdom. Yeah, because that's all she the was, sets we had. Yeah, she's not going to go on like a full adventure to Misthaven. No. No, wait, Misthaven is... Misthaven is the Enchanted Forest. Which one's Arendelle? Arendelle had a different name, Aaron, right? Arendelle was just Arendelle. I thought Arendelle had a different name. Maybe I'm no, thinking of something else. No, no, Mistha- they had Misthaven, which was the Enchanted Forest. Okay. But... Ev- Let's not get into that because that's gonna just that's just gonna ruin the show. That's just gonna ruin the vibe, ruin the mood. I'm not for it. I don't need to do that. But anyway, anyway. hop forward. Oh yes, well instead of uh, Belle being kidnapped by Merida to uh, turn Merida into a <laughs> oh oh I'm not gonna say it. Uh, to a queen hero. Um, we have in the present day, uh, we've got Belle being, oh, you, you just, I'm sorry. Just, I just put it together. You just realized what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I just worried it was, it was going to sound, offen- it sounds bad, but anyone that's putting it together is, is laughing in their own lap. And yeah. I think that's the better joke. So let's yeah. continue. I'm sorry. It hit me way too late. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now we've got Belle, uh, who's now the motivational speaker, who's being basically kidnapped by Merida again. To turn Rumple into a hero, but before we get to that, we've got a we've got a mushroom. We're all going to get high on a mushroom. We're going to have some visions of Merlin in danger. So Regina is like, "Hey, I've got uh, I've got this mushroom. We can chat with Merlin because, oops, Emma spilled the beans to me that uh, Merlin. You know, he, we brought him back, but now he's not here. So we need to figure out where he is." And 
they're like, okay, let's bring in Arthur, the most trustworthy person on the planet. <sighs> Arthur shows I... up and goes, hey, it's me, the most trustworthy person on the planet. I need to be alone. I swear to God, every time this man enters the screen, he looked even less trustworthy. Like, you, like when you first see him, you're like, hey, cool, King Arthur. And then now it's like every time you're just like, this guy. Yeah, and and Charming is batting for him so hard that when when David finally finds out that Arthur lied to him and burned the mushroom, I thought he was going to cry. It was that kind of devastation. My bro. Bro betrayal cuts in a way that I don't know if, if anything can relate to it. Like, I think that might be one of the deepest betrayals that there is, bro versus bro. I mean, why do you think Entourage was so intense? That's that's all of human history. Just dudes yeah. betraying each other and then being upset about it. <gasps> no, we broke. And then not together. recognizing that anger is an emotion, but instead treating it as this is the logical thing to do. I'm going to invade a country. The first instinct I have is my natural response and is the thing we should do. I'm so mad. We should just absolutely raise a country. Let's go, and I will carry this anger with me for months. <laughs> Oh, guys, just go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dr. Hopper, he's there. Just give him a call. Again, line out the door constantly, just standing room only. Well, Arthur asks to be alone because he says that he needs to be, you know, that Merlin only talked to him when he was by himself, so he needs the, the sanctity of the space in order to summon Merlin. Regina has the biggest eyebrow raise in human history. And it's just like watching him out of the corner of her eye as she's walking away. She's like, I've got a feeling about you, but it's okay. Cause I know something you don't that you're supposed to know. And I'm going to talk <laughs> down to you without you being in the room. One of my favorite things, and I don't know if they're doing this intentionally, but it is one of my favorite parts of, of Regina's character arc here is that she's trying to trying to and succeeding at being good but she but to do that she's trying to like tamp down some of her natural instincts because she doesn't know which instinct is a broken trust versus just her being correct so she's just like everything about this seems wrong which is why later she's just like frantically searching through her like the spell being like no i did this right this should work because she's so positive about her skills. So everything is her second guessing her natural instinct because she thinks that she's being like untrustworthy. I also, and on that note, I think one thing that's really great about Regina's characterization right now is, you know, the, they need to, they need to put her evil somewhere. Like she needs to put her evil somewhere because, you know, she was used to throwing open the doors with her magic and bursting into a room and, and saying the nastiest shade on the planet. But she can't do that anymore. But she's still got a little bit of snark. It's just like she's, she's, turned, it into, she's turned it into sass. Yes. That's maturing. Yeah. That is yes. maturing. She is, that is growing as a person. That is like doing the like... The Olena thing in Game of Thrones, where you are clearly in charge, but you are not overtly a jackass. Mm -hmm. You're not being extra. You're not anything. Just dressing sensibly. 
you're in charge you're the head of the household and everyone respects you but no one from the outside can understand why and it is because you will pull no punches but you do not do it in an extra insane way you do it in subtle calculated subtle ways oh yes and we love that for regina but i also love her confidence no i did the spell correctly there's no reason this shouldn't have worked and she did do it correctly the reason it didn't work was sabotage sabotage because Arthur's like, oh, guys, it didn't work. I thought it was going to. And then it just like went, okay, bye. And then he just leaves. In Regina's <laughs> eyes, you can just see it. Jacques. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, no. was, this was an Poirot yeah. situation going on. Josh. And they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on. But it is David. It is charming who discovers the ultimate betrayal. And his heart sinks to the floor. Everything he has known about his bro has been called into question. Arthur has betrayed him. He's betrayed us all! Betrayal of the highest order. Pulls it out and goes, or he didn't use it at all. And Regina says my favorite line in the entire episode. Oh, I guess he didn't know that magic toadstools don't burn. (laughs) What an idiot. What a dumbass. Moron. Everyone knows that. We all learned that in primary school. Dumbass. <laughs> I liked everyone's reaction to that because there was like this little bit of, okay. Yeah. But like sure, a lot of nodding. Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I knew that too. Nice. I also like that Charming just hand, just reaches into a fire that could not have stopped burning long ago. Like it had, like the last ember was probably still going, and that dork just stuck his whole hand in his sword fighting hand, just like, hey, there's something weird in the fire. Reach, but just, it's fine, Abby, because it's the one mushroom to rule them all. It's quite cool. Speaking of House of the Dragon, yeah, he just has that. Like he just looks up like an area. It's just like a dragon does not burn. The bot fire does not bother a dragon. Yeah, so we've now we found that Arthur made Beth. Arthur may not be okay. He's not Like, he okay. may not be a good dude. No, he made an oopsie. In fact, he made a lot of oopsies and a lot of murders. But we're going to... That that has not come to light yet. That's still a secret. We will get yeah, but to like, it. But, like, why did he try to burn it? Why didn't he just pocket it? Like... That's a really good question. I don't understand. Also, why didn't he just use it and then not tell them what happened? I don't understand. Well... I think it's because, I mean, we might know, like, he didn't want Merlin to come out of the tree in the first place. Like, he does not want Merlin to be out under any circumstances. Okay. And he doesn't want any opportunity. Like, he could he could have gone out and be like, yeah, I talked to him. He said he's in Bali. He's having the yeah. best time. Said not to contact him again. He's uh, he's taking some time for himself. It's a sabbatical. Six Merlin's months. out eat, pray, loving. <laughs> he is. Yes. He's learning to love himself. He's it's it's a really about an inner journey. Yeah. And he got a lot of points on his on his on his card, so he was ready to do some flights. Yeah, he's got to love himself before he can love Nimue. Oh my god, that's so funny. He's- well. Unfortunately, eating his way through Italy right now. Good for him. Good for him. Oh, I could do that. Pasta. Mm-hmm. All the pasta. Well, even though Arthur cannot uh, fulfill the task, doesn't matter because they had another person in the wings they just didn't think of until that very moment. 
which I think was kind of stupid because it's the guy, the child who's in your party. It's Henry. He was chosen as the next author. Da, da, da. So he summons Merlin with everyone. So Arthur did not need to be alone. He's such a liar, lying boy. And instead they get Merlin's voicemail. And I love that note from Gina. The sass. We love it. And he mentions Nimue. And he's like, "This, you need to find Nimue. She's the only one who can... Oh no, ominous thing in the distance, dark one related. No, and then it cuts off. That's and it. then it just zooms in on Hook's face. What did Emma do to that man? Yes. What did Emma do to this man? Mm, Emma. Mm. Yes, it's what did Emma Emma do? Emma, yes, Emma. 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 What did Emma do? Mm, intrigue, intrigue. <laughs> Speaking of Emma, She's, oh, yes. taunting, she's taunting a pregnant woman with fried food. Well, it's not taunting. She's tempting. Well, tempting she wants... and taunting. Because then she guys yeah. sends her away. I... Yeah. <laughs> so Regina apparently hasn't heard of the concept of protein, which a pregnant person needs. And instead is just giving her like green juice and green vegetables. That's not enough to sustain a pregnant person and their child. I mean... You would you have to have some tofu in there, like okay, you can do healthy protein. No, no, no. Some I agree, I agree, but I do. I think it was a lot of spinach, and I'm I'm thinking mm. that maybe Regina doesn't know about folic acid pills. Like mm. that's why you take that's why you take. Um, yeah, I about said birth control pills. A little late on that. Uh, <laughs> it's why you take prenatal pills because it's got the folic acid, but mm-hmm. you can get it if you just eat a a lot of spinach. So mm. maybe, but yeah, like Regina is like the world's worst like. Surrogate, surrogate lady you're just being like okay that's cool but I only want you eating this that and the other thing and just be like but I just want fried food I just yes. need she wants an entire oil can oil can of yeah, onion rings uh, but that's that's not on the menu or is it because Emma's oh. gonna show up with her her face and her tone and her hair and she's going to say, I want to make a deal with you because I'm the dark one. I know how to do that. I'm super good at it. I'm not at all making this up as I go along. The more Emma's the dark one, the worse she is being at the dark one. But I think it's on purpose. Like, she's just bad at it. Oh, she's so bad at it. And trying to be the dark one against a big personality. Like, it works when she's with some of the more muted characters. Like, Snow, and sometimes Regina, but then, like, Hook's got more of a subtle quality to him. But when you've got somebody like the Wicked Witch of the West, who is just all personality, and everything about her is big and loud, even when she is being subdued, you have to be bigger than that. Because the Dark One is supposed to be the commanding presence in the room, and trying to do that with Zelina... That's got to be a tough, that's got to be a tall order. Yeah, and I, I'll, you know, I'm not going to discredit or discount what Jennifer Morrison has, you know, the choices she made for this dark one, for her version of the right. dark one. Very cold, very calculated, because that's kind, you know, it's a big shell, because that's what Emma does. She puts up a wall, she puts up a shell. But, like, Rumple was fun. So I feel like Emma 
Jennifer Morrison could have made choices with the character where maybe it's not that she would be like fun and quirky or when and then menacing she could be cold and calculating and then menacing like she doesn't know how to get the threat out the threat is not there which is making this like performance not as good as it could be we need we need that shell to crack we need her to be menacing and she's not I think it's also like Rumpel's thing is that even like when we saw him in the first episode and we've talked about this, the very first episode of the season, he was such, he was a much more unhinged character and they Mm -hmm. kind of, they walked it back interestingly enough, but Rumpel's dark one had such a chaotic quality, but you knew what he was capable of because we've seen it. We still at this moment, we only can speculate what we think Emma has done. So she doesn't seem threatening because she's still Emma to us. Yeah. I, uh, what has she done? She stole the heart of a 12-year-old and then of Merida. She's not done anything so dire that we're afraid of her. And none of them are either. Like, they're just more concerned about the dark one part, which I will give them. Like, even Hook mentions it. He's like, listen, Emma's fine. And it's so funny listening to them to talk to Belle about that. We'll get to it about, like, the ver- Belle versus... Or not Belle, but Emma versus Rumpel situation. But it's just like, it's letting the Dark One part control it. And I feel like Emma as the Dark One would have had a bit of a different flair than just being cold. I think it would have been cold and I don't even know. I'll have to ruminate on it. But there should have been an extra quality there that needed separated to be an extra, her. Yeah, that showed that she was in control. Like <laughs> maybe it's cold and calculating. Cold and prognosticating. Cold and 10 steps ahead. Because right now, she is making everything up on the fly, and like half the plans are, are, are giving her returns. Listen, I I just can't wait till we get to the part where canonically the Dark One loves making deals. Like, I thought that that was a rumple trait, and apparently it's the Dark One trait. And again, I cannot stop just putting it back to the boar. Like, how is the boar making deals? <laughs> just like, boar, please give me... In- imbue me with all these wonderful powers i will give you this handful of berries (laughs) (laughs) yeah but see that's one of the reasons the the boar didn't last long the boar lasted a whole afternoon (laughs) oh the poor boar (laughs) all right well emma tries to get zelina to basically make an alliance uh but she's because she's on survivor and zelina's just like nah thanks for the onion rings I don't care. Also, you're a terrible mother. Your son's never going to forgive you. I know what that's like. Have fun with lifelong resentment. Send me back to my cell. I don't want to deal with you. And then that's it. She's just like, bye. She does say the mean thing before she leaves. And I love it. She's like, you can send me back to my cell because unlike you, I'm okay being alone. It's like, that's Emma's whole thing. Emma's whole thing when she entered Storybrooke was, I'm fine alone. And now we've gotten five seasons in and Zelina nailed it. Like, Emma doesn't want to be alone. Emma wants to have a family. She wants to have her mm-hmm. little found family and she doesn't want to be alone. She nailed it. Like, Zelina is like an yeah. eighth grader. She knows exactly where to hit you where it hurts. Also, your eyebrows look really super weird today. Anyway, bye. 
Oh my god. I, I'm watching the first season of The White Lotus right now, and there are I'm like two episodes in, and the two teenage girls are bigger villains than on any show. I'm 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 still afraid of teenagers to this yeah. day. <laughs> I will be for the rest of my life. Like I Aubrey honestly Plaza like if that- I if I'm walking by a group of teenage girls, I prepare clapbacks in my head. Cause I'm yeah. just like, I don't want to be caught off guard. I will go I'm cry in my mid thirties. I've is got it, a lot bad going on here. <laughs> isn't Aubrey Plaza in that movie or in the movie show? She's in season two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause his basically every season is like a week at the hotel. And so the first week, the first season was that uh, a week with these certain guests. And now it's going to be a week with other guests. I love a good true detective setup. If you can do it right. You know, mm-hmm. like every season's different people. We love yes. that. Uh, all right. So anyway, that's all happening. Meanwhile, as everybody's figuring out this whole Crimson Crown thing, Belle is having none of it. She's got, she's determined. She's determined twice. She's determined to get to Rumple, And then she is determined to not leave Storybrooke. Those are the two decisions that she is allowed to have. That's the maximum agency we are allowed to give Belle in this episode. Everything else just happens to her or she is there to assist somebody else in realizing their full potential. So she's like, yeah, I've got to go find, Be- I've got to go find gold because he's out there. Maybe he can be of help. Why aren't we reaching out to him? He's fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> Emma's got him. He's fine. Well, yeah, because then they're just like, listen, like, I think it's charming or no, Hook says it because he calls him crocodile. He's just like, they're like, well, what about, what about Rumple? Yeah, well, Rumple had his chances, and he squandered every single one of them. And she's just like, she's not hearing it. And it's like, Belle, this is your therapy. This is us telling you. He has burned too many bridges. You are not supposed to forgive him at this point. You are supposed to walk all the way away. Like, he is, you cannot change him. And I will go into this rant at the end when we talk about Excalibur. But it just drives me absolutely batty. At a certain point, you just have to walk away. You should not be this elbow deep in a relationship and being like no we should definitely save him over emma she's like well emma got taken over for it yes as a sacrifice to save somebody else like she doesn't see and this this is the rest of the episode she just doesn't see what rumple is doing for what it actually is and it drives me bonkers yeah because the the whole thing, I, I like how she's not instantly throwing herself back in his arms. They're not making out or anything. But she is doing everything else she did in their relationship except making out with him. Like, nothing about their dynamic has changed. And all he does is say, I'm so sorry, baby. I wish I could change for you. I wish I could go back and give you the life you deserve. And then she's like, you still can do it. And then he's like, no, I can't. And that's everything. It's it's still, it still rings as toxic and abusive and narcissistic. I don't, I don't like it. And then he tells her like an earth shattering truth about himself because he's cornered, but they're married. I, I don't know what I would do. I genuinely do not. If I found out an earth-shattering truth about my husband at this stage. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know these people. Like, you should know this stuff. Otherwise, take it to the grave. You do not have to admit it to me. Please don't make me know. <laughs> like, I'm and fine not knowing. she waves it away. She, she just does. waves like, sure, it away. I'm sure you had your reasons. That all sounds terrible. Also, by the way, I know we're getting all over the place, but he mentions that he signed up for the war. Listen, the Ogre Wars at the stage that it was in, not as, there were children involved. No one is joining the war on their own volition. Yeah, They no, are they being were... drafted and taken. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that's been pointed out because if he is like offering himself up, they would have turned him away. Just be like, if we haven't drafted you yet, there's a reason. Get out. <laughs> no. Yeah, Pass. and he didn't he didn't do it to be not a coward. He didn't do it to like be brave. He was freaking drafted. Yeah, like, he was drafted can't... and he was scared about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like which is I... understandable, and that's what Bell points out. It's like, well, yeah. It was war. It sucks. You can be scared of not dying. Like, there's a, so much toxic masculinity going on in that whole thing. I can't even unpack it. Okay. Let's and get then, back and to the task at hand. This is the last thing I will say. What okay, drives okay. me nuts about Rumple's thing is that Rumple has lived this very long, rich life as the Dark One. And he is so hung up on this one thing he did before he turned into the Dark One. You, you did all this other stuff. And the only thing you want to atone for is basically shooting yourself in the foot. You've, you've done so much worse. Like you fully, like you, you abandoned your son. And now that apparently that has moved down your list of egregious things that you've done. And we're moving. It's, it's like when people get really upset about things that they did when they were like 12, but they're like a 55 year old person. Just like, let it go. <laughs> you've probably done way shittier things. Maybe let's work backwards and not at the beginning. That I, I understand that. To be fair, that was kind of the butterfly effect that set everything in motion. Like when he did that, he got back, his wife hated him, and then left him for Hook. And uh, when, you know, and that's, he wanted to be brave. So he, and he wanted to protect his son. So that's how he ended up becoming the dark one. So that whole situation is really what started everything for his journey. So I think he kind of sees it as like in Bioshock Infinite, like getting, you know, when the, 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 the pivotal moment, the baptism in the water, yeah. um, that's, it's like, that's the, that's his obsession because it's like, if I could have not done that, everything else would have changed. But also, you wouldn't have met Belle in that instance. And you would be dead because you were <laughs> because you were just a dude. And yeah. you, would, you would die as an Listen, old dude. And I've never been one of the, like, no regrets kind of thing. Because you're right. Very good point. Had none of this butterfly effect thing happened, he would not have met Belle and not been with her. But again, the fact that he doesn't see that. Mm-hmm. Or have that little bit of insight of being like, being able to even say something, like having enough insight to just being like, I hate that I did that, but it led me to you. I just still need to get over it. All I need, just, I swear to you, I just needed the tiniest, the tiniest lifesaver tied to a string. <laughs> just a little ring tossed into the water. I don't care if it's going to save everything. I just, I just need him to try. And I, he's not no. at all. And he's not, just... he's, he's super pathetic in this whole episode until the last two seconds when he gets to give his, his hoot, you know, hoot and holler line where everybody stands up in the audience and, and goes, woo, and everyone it's America's claps. ass. And that man, 
Albert Einstein. Um, no, um, <laughs> yeah, just so everyone clapped. My God. Um, anyway, yeah, they end so, up going back to, they well, have to go back to Gold Shop, which is funny for different well, reasons. Well, yeah, because first Gold escapes by breaking Chip. Oh no, Chip's dead. He's been murdered. No, murder. Don't worry. Here comes He's Regina. going to the good place. Don't worry. He's going to the good place. It'll be fine. <laughs> And uh, and then he, he manages to escape. But don't worry, guys. It's totally part of Emma's plan. It's all on perps. Because uh, Merida brings Emma back and is like, oh, he's like gone. Which I thought was part of Merida's plan. Because at the end of the last episode, Merida's like, we we need to like get you to stop, stop Emma. So we're going to make you here for that. So I thought they were like in cahoots with some things. But they weren't. It just all came together happenstancely i like that everyone was acting on their own individual instincts and then everyone else was going yes all part of my plan like i mean that's that's very much rumple's thing so like i get it for emma that works for emma but you're right meredith set up on a whole different thing like what was she doing like did she go off to like pee and then come back and he's missing because i just it doesn't make sense with her motivation at the end of the episode. And then, anyway, she, yeah, he, yeah he, he he escapes. So she goes to tell Emma. And Emma's like, yes, obviously, it's part of my giant master plan. Onion ring, these were left behind. <laughs> <laughs> and as as Belle and Rumple end up finding each other because he snuck through the mines and he went up through the elevator, uh, Merritt is now on her own quest. She's got to murder Belle because that's what's going to turn Rumple into a hero because we are so freaking obsessed with Rumple. I just wish we'd had a moment of perspective and the episode had ended with Belle becoming the hero and pulling the sword because she's the one up until the end when Rumpel gets his hero moment. She's the one who's doing, you know, breaking through with heroic deeds when normally she is so pushed back. Why didn't we give this to her? I feel like this whole thing is Belle being the hero, but she puts Rumple in front of her like a human shield. Look what he did! He's in, he's so great. Rumple, grab the sword. He's so great, brave. Rumple, grab the sword. Rumple, grab Rumple, grab the sword. She's like a stage mom. Oh yeah, it's it's like it's like the thing that that I was told in church as a child. the The man is the head, and the woman is the neck, show, telling him where is uh, turning his head in the right direction. Basically, there's this whole yes. We're, that's why I'm in therapy. Oh, yeah. No, I was, I was, yeah. Or no, there was another one I was also told where it's the, the man is the, the, the mouth and the woman is behind him telling him what to say. Like the, basically it's this whole idea of that a man is supposed to be in front leading, but the woman is the one secretly calling the shots behind him and that was the idea that was empowering and i'm and, and i remember as a kid i actually would ask when someone told me this in church i was like well, why can't i just be in the front you're right can i just be the one that's in charge yeah and cool. they, they, I, they it seems like a things. lot of work to communicate what i would like to do why can't i just do it yeah and frankly that's just a type a personality ringing through as well as feminism but yeah just like i can't <laughs> explain it to anybody well enough to do it the way that i would do it yeah. So let me just do it. Because also, Rumple then grabs the sword kind of like upside down. I'm so confused by how he grabs the sword. 
yeah. I'd have been like, get out of the way. You're grabbing it wrong. <laughs> it's so it's it's only so he can whip it into the air like wee, but then he even does that wrong. But before we get there, this is this is all chaos, guys, because this whole storyline is just everything that grates our bodies about the show. Even though yes. Meredith's fantastic and we love her and Belle looks beautiful, wig and all. So they're trying to avoid Merida, who's who's now on the hunt. And so they end up in Gold Shop and then Merida's immediately there and it's like, you idiots. I love Merida's line. Shot. She was so mad at them. I love this. I love this. She did it so well of being like, I'm here to kill you and I'm super pissed about it. I told her. I told her you weren't stupid enough to show up here. And here you are. Maybe, maybe you deserve to die. What is happening right now? She was so mad. I loved this. This actress rules. Yeah, this very much felt like in uh, Aladdin when... Uh, actually, no, sorry. This is some <laughs> of the Kingdom Hearts video game. <laughs> you're, you're fighting Jafar and he's controlling the genie and the genie is also fighting you. But he keeps saying he's sorry. <laughs> Well, that happens in the movie. Okay, okay, okay. It happens yeah. in the movie. You're not, you're not wrong. That's canonically in the movie. Like he's, he's, he apologizes before he does like everything. Yeah. So he's like, oh right, yeah, okay. <laughs> so it wasn't only from Kingdom Hearts, but it was also in there. I mean, and it fits because once upon a time, Kingdom Hearts, piece in a pod. And oh my God, where was I? This, this. They're in the shop, and then they're in Merida's the shop. Merida shooting an arrow through a door. Yes, and and there she's about to kill her, and she's like, "Rumple, do something! I'm gonna kill Belle. Why aren't you fighting back?" She's just like, they're all coaching Rumple to do the right thing, but he can't because he's just, "I'm so scared." And so then Belle pulls the rug out from under Merida, knocks her unconscious for a hot second, and I love Belle's answer of like, "She won't stay out for long." Like, she being says knocked asleep. unconscious. Yeah, it's a serious thing. She probably has a concussion. If it was serious enough to knock her unconscious, you don't just like shake your head and go about your day. Yeah, Ooh, there's you... a certain amount of time you can't be unconscious before brain damage sets in. So like you should only be like unconscious for like barely 30 seconds. Like you'll come too and it's fine. A concussion or no. But I do love that Belle is just like, she's just asleep. She's just asleep. Girl, you knocked her in like the occipital bone like she's probably not seeing quite clear right now like you you damaged her but we cannot get through that hitting the ground at that speed and you pulled the rug out from under her so she hit the hardwood floor she, she luckily she's not dead it's like in um uh, america's next top model when that girl fainted the only thing that saved her from having major brain damage is the fact that her weave was so thick Oh, wow. I, yeah, no, she has like a, she had like a fainting, um, I forget what season it is, one of the earlier seasons, but like she, they had just done makeovers and they'd put all these like, and she's a white girl, so they put all these like tracks in her hair for no reason, because that's what they used to do. But anyway, she hit the ground and like they said later, she was like, yeah, the, the, the paramedics were saying if I hadn't had all of those extensions and tracks in my hair, it would have had a lot worse damage. Because oh she's God. big and tall. She's like six feet tall. So hitting the ground. I mean, because she just like her eyes rolled in the back of her head and she just hit the ground. Oh. They were doing judging and she just went down like a kid in a choir with his knees locked on the top floor. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, so anyway, that's, Meredith's Rumpel hair saved like, her from damage. Yeah. Rumple is like two seconds from doing that himself. But 
instead happens to Merida, but don't worry, guys, she's fine. And they have just enough time for Rumpel to get the thing he needed out of his safe. And what is it? Abby. It's a bag. It's a bag that breaks the show. Because Rumpel starts driving them out of town. And Belle's like, oh, we're leaving. I don't want to leave. And he says, no, it's fine. I've got this powder that will undo any effect of the town line. Where did he get it? Why did he need his shawl? How's he had this the whole time? Or is this a new thing? This was such a bad MacGuffin, it was insulting. Yeah. Like, I get what... I get it thematically what they were trying to do because of like, oh, well, he has this and this is how he saves himself. I get it. But you're right because it does invalidate everything. Yeah. Because it's it's just a don't worry, you won't transform. Okay, but does it do anything else? Like, would you be able to use this and not lose your memory? Because that was the big thing. Before it wouldn't, you wouldn't transform. You would just forget. Would it also change that? Or would you just not be a tree? And when you turn into a tree, do you forget? You're just like a happy little tree. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) And and also, it's just a bag in the car. Do they, does he have to sprinkle it on them? Yeah. Does it have, does does it last forever? Or does it have an expiration date? Or does it wash off? And if it's, if it's a permanent protection, why didn't he put this on himself so long ago when Belle was kicking him out? Correct. I this is, should just understand. be like on his body at all times, like a cyanide capsule for like, yeah, uh, you know what I mean? But like, first of all, also, by the way, I'm, I'm, I was laughing uh, because you said it doesn't have an expiration date. Just be like, this is our, our thing. It's dairy based. So we have to use it today. It'll turn <laughs> tomorrow. It'll start smelling like ass. Um, yeah. Like, again, because they're barreling towards the town line at an alarming speed. And he's just like, it's fine. I'm like, do you have to like use it do you have to do an incantation do you have to like snort it or get it in the air how much of it do you need to use again it's one of those it's like the little powder that they use where it's like how much and how far does it go because they have to spray it on the car will the car turn into a tree could you imagine the car turns into a tree while they're in it (laughs) Are they prepared to swerve around Dopey, who is in the middle of the road as a tree? No, no, 100% he's not ready to do that. But he is in the station wagon, so I think they'll be okay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, this whole thing was just like, they did not think out what would happen if... This this is the thing that bothers me about Once Upon a Time. They do these branching storylines where it's like, okay, well, you need to think through what happens if they go through the obvious thing that they're not doing. Because yeah. he's obviously not going to make it to the town line with Belle. We know this. We can feel it in our bones. But what if he did? How would it work? I need to know. Because right now, I don't know. And I'm thinking up. I'm Abby spackling. And it doesn't make any sense. You're right. I had so many questions about it. And also, why was it tied up the way that it was? Because it was like in a satchel that was tied yeah. at the top. So there's no way to open it without it just going. It's like a glitter bomb. It was just... <laughs> 
Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, and he didn't even, like, verify that that's what was inside. I, I have to be done talking about this. Oh, thing. my God. Could we, you imagine? He pulls it out, and he was like, damn, this is the this is the grape potion. It just turns everything into grapes. Like, just like and, the, that, and now it's a grape tree. It's hybrid. It's the world's monster hybrid. It's but don't worry, Bell gets out of the car. Bell basically just short of like opening the door while it's still going and tucking and rolling. Good for her. Which I, I want. I did want to kind of see that. I was hoping that that's what would I happen. That's what she was gonna do. I was like, no, oh, girl, I know, girl. but I actually wanted it to happen. Like I love when shows do that because they're always so bad at it. Like Tim once showed me a scene from a sh- uh, show called The Oval, which is like Tyler Perry's like White House show, and he has to watch it for work. It's the most bonkers show in the world, Abby. One day I will show you an episode, maybe for Patreon, and you will not understand what life is after watching the show. Beth, I, I worry for your husband's mental health. Every show that he is either forced to watch or watches on his own volition concerns me on a molecular level. See, this one is this one's column A and column B. I'm pretty sure he would watch it if he didn't have to. Uh, Beth, he's watching the morning show on his own volition. So, yes. <laughs> So there is a scene where a a teenage girl uh, rolls herself out of the car and it's so poorly done. They bring her back in the car and then she does it again. <laughs> just like twice in a row. It was so good. No, no. You tuck and roll out of a car a single time. You never do it again because you know what happens when you've done it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she doesn't do that. She was just no. like, I am not jumping out of the car. Not in this coat. This nope. is dry, dry clean only. And that place Rump- sucks. She orders Rumple stop the car. He does. The m- tiniest of tiny props to Rumple for that. I, it's bare minimum, less than, so I'm not giving him true credit. She gets out of the car and uh, she's doing the, the, uh, the clueless shares walking home because she doesn't want to be in this car with this douchebag. And, and he's like, well, fine, just leave. I'm going the other way. Walk home in the middle of the night alone with someone chasing you who's going to kill you. See if I care. That's kind of where it cliffhangers. It was really strange. So Belle's walking, immediately runs into Merida and is like, yeah, you should have stayed. In the- I love Merida. The whole episode is just talking shit to them for doing all the wrong things. Yeah. Because she's it's like, just like, I'm here you, to kill you, and you keep making it easy for me. You're not only making bad decisions, you're making the worst decisions possible. Like, I love that she's just almost baffled by it. Like, she's walking me like, there's no way I'm going to catch them. And then Belle is walking straight towards her, unarmed. Just like, what? <laughs> I, is this a trick? What's going on? And then Merida's just like, fine. Bear mode. Activate. Yeah. And the crunching noise was gruesome. It was gruesome. I did love that they were like, listen, we're not going to do like a whole bunch. So what I need you to do is kind of like move like it hurts and then fold at the waist. And that's when the smoke goes up. So she basically just like hinges at the the hips before the smoke comes up. And you're right. It did have that like, we're not, just for any of the Gen Zers that may be listening. When I say Teen Wolf, I mean the Michael J. Fox Teen Wolf, the original Teen Wolf. Uh, when he turns into a wolf, it's awful. It is just so much crunching and it's clearly very painful. 
but then it's like then he plays basketball so it's like whatever yeah but like but anyway yes there is crunching and awfulness and as someone who does like werewolf stuff i'm just like yes this is what a transformation should be it should hurt everywhere (laughs) and she turns into the biggest scariest bear she mangles mangy super scary berida and she is she is on the prowl literally it starts hunting bell down and bell is able to outrun a giant bear in heels jurassic park wishes (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry jurassic world jurassic world jurassic world live in the yeah they they could never they could never eventually bell is cornered and the bear is about to take a yummy bite. And then Rumple says, not today. Take a bite out of me instead. And the bear kills him. Rumple's gone. So bye, Rumple. Nice to know you. Because the bear, bear the bearita, full paws him across the face and sends him flying. He doesn't have a scratch on him. That should have torn his face apart there would have been three equal shaped pieces of rumple hitting the ground yeah he would i there's no way there's not a single way because not this bear is like 10 feet tall easily weighs several hundred if not a thousand pounds and is just all because bears have big claws Mm -hmm. so and you can see them and they hit with them whether you want to or not. It's not like she tried to like lightly palm him with her nails out. Like she's not in control. She's gone feral. Yeah. She's not in control. Berida is more bare than Merida. And so the the fact that he was able to get up from this blows my mind. Like, I get it. I, I get it just once upon a time. But maybe let's have something else happen <laughs> in order for him to get up unscathed. Yeah, because I mean, because he's like he's a little he's a little dazed, so he stays laying down, and the bear is over him, and he's just like, "Okay, murder me. It's cool. Go with God. I'm fine with this. I am at peace with being eaten alive by a bear." And he's doing it to protect Belle, to be the hero, to save her, and yet she's just sitting there. She doesn't even stand up, like girl. The bear's just going to come for you afterwards. Yeah. The mission is to kill you. Yeah. She, her, her, her MO is to kill you. So she's getting in the... Rumple got in the way, so she's going to kill Rumple, but then come back to you. Because the, the, the order was very short. There's no wiggle room here. Um, but I do... I, I just think it's funny that... And we'll get back to this when the sword comes up. But it's just like, Rumple will only be brave... Or selfless when he thinks he has nothing left. Which is not being brave. Oh yeah, he's just... He's, he he's only not risking anything. Like, yeah, he's just like, I'll die. I guess I'll die. Because you know what? Belle got out of the car. It's over for me now. I have nothing left. So I might as well die. Like, you're not risking anything. You've already lost. And so now you're doing this as just some sort of like, as we discussed before, this is his version of love bombing. And he does it again before the sword. And it drives me absolutely insane because it works every time it does it works bell falls for it bell falls for it every single time hook line sinker but before the bear the barita can can end end the rumple stilt skin 
Uh, he throws the bag right down the bear's throat. Glitter bomb. Ma- and Merida dies because Merida has swallowed a giant bag. <laughs> but apparently when the bear swallowed it, the bear's acid stomach opened the bag and dissolved the bag and then turned the bag into magic. And then Merida, Merida is fine. But Rumpel didn't know that Merida was going to be fine. He did not give a shit about Merida. No. He was just like, I don't know. I just had it. I threw it. It's literally, I grabbed something. I thought I was actually grabbing a knife, uh, but I grabbed the bag and just threw whatever I could grab. It's fine. Uh, But no, I do appreciate that. uh, Yeah, the bag like dissolved in her stomach very quickly. Like it was like not an an extended release tablet. It was one of those fast acting tablets. Um, It was covered in the things that tied... Tide pods are covered in where like the moment it hits liquid it opens up. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, this is this was rapid release. Rapid release tide pods. It will turn any bear into a person. Money guaranteed, 100 percent And Merida is is passed out on the ground again. This woman's got some cranium problems. But Rumple and Belle don't really care. She's just laying there and they have a a moment. Bell's like, you saved me. And he's like, I did. Bell's like, you're a hero. And Rumpel's like, I knew. And Bell's like, let's go pull the sword from the stone. And Rumpel's like, okay, let's 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 is, torture Merida first. Is that is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> God no! Stop it! Curses, Abby. Curses. Curses. No! How uh, dare you! <laughs> feels good. Feels good. All right, so they take, they head down to Emma's cave, her cavern, and um, her she shed. Her she shed, yes. And they've got Merida with them, and Rumple's like, um, "You suck at being the dark one, so I'm going to do your job for you, and I'm going to make a deal." Uh, it's, it's a paltry deal. Rumpel could have arguably gotten more. I feel like he should have negotiated a bit extra, like gone a little bit higher in his demands and then maybe settled in a little bit, like just a little back and forth. Let's, let's yeah. Rumpel doesn't know how to haggle when he has, he does not have the upper hand. Yeah. Like when he was the dark one, he was always just like, let us haggle. You will give me your firstborn child and I will give you this shiny new penny. Like, they were always such an unbalanced deal. Yeah. But in this situation, he just wants Merida's heart, and then Merida wants to know what's happening with her brothers. They're fine, guys. Don't worry about it. They're fine. Don't worry about it. And so Merida gets her heart back, and uh, Rumpel comes, and he pulls the sword from the stone. Da-da-da-da-da. It's wielded. He throws it to the ground. He's like, there, my job is done. But you made a goof because you turned me into a hero. I need a hero. Oh, wait, I don't because because the hero is me. He is a desperate man. He is not a hero in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And like, and Emma, that's what she should have said. But instead she's like, there's a lot of heroes in this town. None of them have stabbed me. And then Rubble's like, but yeah, but the writers like me best, so I'll probably do it. Wow. I didn't know you knew that quote right off the top of your head. <laughs> it was more implied. It was yeah. under the surface. No, but like the part about this whole scene that bothered me is that, again, like I said, Rumple right before he pulled the sword, because he was like fully prepared to die. 
He was like, I'm going to die. This is where I die. So I'm going to just pour my soul out again. And then Bill's like, oh my God, he's so heroic. No, he's not. He's a man who thinks he's about to meet his maker. Like, it's like an old person making a lot of, like, redemption stuff because they're pretty sure they're about to meet God. You know what I mean? Like, they're not actually sorry. They're just trying to square themselves before they die. Yeah, they want to be able to make a case kid, for St. Peter's. Or that kid who tries to do, like, 20 nice things five days before Christmas because, like, to make up for all the naughty throughout the year. Like, Listen, really. I'm telling you, man, if if this the second half of the season could have just been, like, my name is Earl, but it's Rumple. I'd have watched the shit out of it. <laughs> like, I've come to a tone, and it's just like, you you turned my family into puppets. Okay, but, like, what if I, like, sweep up your shop for, like, a week? That, we're going to be square. Well, on that note, dun, 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 that was season five, episode six, The Bear and the Bow. And, I mean, like, the episode itself, content-wise... Not the not the best, but I feel like Amy Manson's performance just really elevates it and made it more enjoyable for me to watch than I think it would have been if it hadn't been for for this actor in particular. Correct. And honestly, I feel like I remember us not liking this episode a whole bunch and I kind of went into it worried. I had a good time watching it. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Like I we were bagging on a couple parts, but like other than the Rumpel stuff, it's a fun episode. Yeah. It was a good time. And it, it carried out some stuff. Um, I also, like, I, I'm confused by how Granny packages her onion rings. But other than that, everything else checks out. Yeah. <laughs> like, Emma's holding it like a lunatic. Did you see, like, the rings? Like, there's, like, six onion rings in there. Like, she Granny charged $10 for that, probably. Highway yeah, robbery. It, it, was, it was like she was holding it like a pita. Yeah, and then it was, like, wrapped like a pita, too. It was just, like, who's putting onion rings in a bag like that? And also, it's got to be hotter than hell because it was in foil. You got to put it in paper so it, like, soaks up some of the grease. No, she's she's the dark one. She feels no pain. No heat, no cold. The dragon dragon feels no pain. But the cold to be fair, doesn't bother her like, anyway. <laughs> they look like, you're right. The, the onion rings looked hella good and made me crave onion rings, though, so. They didn't. They look so good. Well, everyone, we want to thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing, this extended episode of Once Upon a Timing, because once you pop, you don't stop. And uh, we want to thank everyone, especially our patrons. We've got our our uh, we've got our uh, baby dragons, our dearies, and of course our Swan Queen patrons. This week's Patreon shout out goes to. Uh, Ashley Buschetta. Thank you so much, Ashley. And if you want to support us on Patreon, you can head to patreon.com slash timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spreaker, wherever you get those podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash timing. And you can find us on Twitter. I am personally, well, well on Twitter uh, for now. <laughs> for now, <laughs> dot, you can dot, find dot. us on Twitter. <laughs> I am personally, for the time being, at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we're going to be back next week with season five, episode seven. What's the name of it? It is Nim Away. <gasps> we love Nim Away. I'm so excited yes. for this episode. Oh, me too. I feel like we didn't give it the... I, I, I think this episode and this next episode that we're about to do, I feel like both of... I don't remember if we liked the Nim Away episode. I remember we started kind of, like, I think our, our veneer started cracking a little bit about this part in the season. 
So, like, I'm interested to rewatch the Nimaway stuff. Me too. Because I, I, think, I don't think we gave it the it. fair shake we should have. I think you're right, but I think I look back on it more fondly than at the time. So, I agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I just, listen, once we go to Hades, we were looking on everything, just being like, remember the days of Nimaway. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And, Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.